Flawcast episode 175 Systematic Idiocy. What a terrible error in which idiots govern the blind. William Shakespeare. Flawcast. Get in the arena. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. All of our esteemed, blessed, highly favored Flawedcast nation, uh, all of our friends and everyone who joins in weekly for our shenanigans and hijinks want to welcome and thank you guys. As always, my sidekick, Mr. Tuckerson, is here in tow. How's it going, brother? Going great, Mr. William. Two weeks in a row. We're back in the saddle. I know. This get, is. Th- we're going to get our rhythm going. I know. It's great to be here for all the listeners. Hey, before we get going, I have to give a shout out, which I've never done before, but I have a friend from college that was like my best friend, like a brother. He is a pastor of a church in West Virginia, and he just reached out to me on the way to record. He's bringing his son back from college, and they're listening to Flawedcast. Nice. Sent me a picture of awesome. the dashboard and the, the radio that had it up and everything. So, Jimmy, Trey, love you. Can't wait to see you again. Got that out of the way. Well, Jimmy Trey, thanks for listening. Make sure you share this as well as all of our other listeners. Uh, we're asking you guys to share uh, anywhere Flawcast are. Jimmy and Trey found this, so they obviously know it's under Flawcast C L E. Jimmy would verify if he can do it, anybody can do it. <laughs> if I can do it, anybody can do it. But uh, uh, we're on Apple, Google Play, Spotify, Breaker, Anchor.fm. Uh, we are also on the video platform Rumble. That's under Flawed Inc. You can find us on the Project Mockingbird social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're also on Getter and Gab. Uh, there is a link below my book, Jimmy Trey. Make sure you guys get a copy uh, if you haven't already. Uh, Smith's Heart of Man Repair Manual. I started working again on my next book this week, so that's slowly but surely going to get done. Uh, hopefully it will get done before <laughs> Iran and Israel bomb the hell out of each other back to the Stone Ages. But nonetheless, uh, we'll get into that in a moment. But um, our email is flawedincle at gmail.com. Questions, comments, or concerns, send us an email there. Uh, if you'd like a copy of my book and you can't afford one, send us an email. I'd be happy to email you a PDF on the house. But With that being said, Mr. Tuckerson, your uh, favorite 21 seconds of the week. Okay, everyone, take your right hand, place it over your left heart, and repeat after us. I I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. It's still America, Mr. Williams. It it is. Even if we don't have borders. Well, we're, we're going to get into all of that, and um, this might sound like it's going to be a grab bag, but it really isn't. And something happened this week where I feel like Holy Spirit spoke something to me. And I was um, listening to a gentleman I like to listen to. His name is Mark Dice. I don't know if anyone's ever heard of him, but he has a great YouTube channel. And he's a a commentator on uh, news and current events, but he comes from a conservative, America first kind of slant. And he brought up the topics that we're going to be speaking about. And uh, I heard my buddy Alex Jones talking about this topic this week. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. 
that they both would be talking about this topic. And so I started kind of thinking and praying, and I felt like God gave me some verses in conjunction with some of the news articles. And what we're going to be talking about is a systematic dumbing down, not just of America, but I believe of the world. And it's a thing, and it's trying to be positioned as a good thing, a anti-racial thing, a, uh, a a move to you know help foster the, not to discriminate. But what I believe we're going to get into is uh, the evil agenda behind this, uh, and also this is the real epidemic of actual discrimination, racial bias, and a lot of this I'm just going to get into it. It's important that we know our history. And America isn't the only country to deal with slavery, but apparently we're the only country that, even though we try to atone for those sins, is still held to account while there's modern-day slavery all over the world. But nonetheless, people who do have slaves, or at least in American history, and you can certainly trace this throughout world history, the slave owners would never want to engage into teaching their slaves anything that would be of an asset to them. For example... In, in houses, maybe there would be one or two slaves that would be able to read or write. And that would be like an assistant, if you will, for lack of a better term, to the plantation owner or the slave master. What we see here and what we're going to get about to get into and why I called it the systematic idiocy is we are engaged in a willful dumbing down of our culture. Uh, if you're paying even a remote amount of attention, you're going to see over all the board, over all across the board, people are becoming stupid. I can't think of a better word. And we're going to get into this. So let me, I got a couple articles. I'm just going to hit it. Uh, Carl, you pop in whenever you're ready. Um, Cause I'm just bringing this on him. He has no idea. So every response he's going to give you guys is going to be uh, fresh. Correct. So absolutely. Okay. So this first article says, Oregon says math. And that's the state Oregon. Oregon says math reading tests harmed students of color. Uh, and this is from an organization called News Nation, uh, which they're actually taking this article from um, in Portland, a local news source to Portland. But it said, Oregon has eliminated the requirements for students to demonstrate mastery of reading, writing, or math to graduate from high school. The Oregon Board of Education unanimously, unanimously voted to extend a pause created by former Governor Kate Brown in 2020, suspending the proficiency requirements in order to graduate. News Nation's affiliate KOIN reported the controversial decision had been met with a lot of pushback, according to proponents of this change, such requirements were deemed unnecessary and disproportionately harmed students of color. The report brought to light several impacts on students, primarily students of color, students with IEPs, which means mm -hmm. in individual education plan. And those are usually for people who um, are, I don't know if this is the correct term, mentally retarded or have uh, handicaps that they need an individual education plan uh, to help foster the best way for them to learn. Uh, so they're literally saying people with IEPs and students who are English learners. And that's a nice way of saying people who don't speak the language who, because of the requirements, were being excluded from learning opportunities at the high school level because they were working on trying to pass a test, said Dan Foley, director of the assessment of the Oregon Department of Education. While 
Proponents argue that these changes benefits marginalized students. Some critics claim that the real winner in this plan are the school boards, the state board of educators, teachers, and principals. These changes lead to higher graduation rates and subsequently financial bonuses for educators and administrators as a, quote, no fail, unquote, policy is implemented. However, concerns arise about the long-term consequences of awarding diplomas to students who may lack essential skills, potentially leaving them ill-equipped for real-world challenges. So that is in the state of Oregon. Now we're going to jump literally on the opposite side of our nation uh, to where it says, New Jersey Board of Education sets lower high school exit exam passing score after narrow vote. So this last vote in Oregon was unanimous. Everybody involved in the Oregon Board of Education across the board said, nope, we're not going to give proficiency test. New Jersey is a little different. After months of deliberating and recommendations from New Jersey's top education officials, the State Board of Education voted to lower the high school exit exam passing score requirement for graduation. On Wednesday, board members voted six to five to lower the New Jersey graduation proficiency assessment passing score in the English language arts and math portions of the test to 725 down from the original 750 score. The new scores apply to classes of 2024 and 2025 and will allow more students to meet graduation requirements next school year, according to analysis provided by the department officials. Board President Kathy Goldenberg had the final vote on the decision and paused before voting in favor of the resolution to lower passing scores. So (laughs) they're not eradicating the test like Oregon, but they're setting the bar so low that anybody can pass, pretty much. You did blindside me with this, so I'm going to give my initial... Well, I got more, so... Oh, wow. Yeah, I... I, I see, when you're s- establishing a doctrine, you don't... A theological doctrine, you don't want to just use one verse, because that isn't sound for a foundation. You need minimum of three. Go so ahead. so I got another one here. Just keep blindsiding me. Yeah, I, I will. Uh, so San Diego... Unified changes grading practices to be equitable, less punitive. Let me unpack this article. Starting this school year, San Diego Unified will, and that's their school district here that we're talking about. San Diego Unified will eliminate non-academic factors such as student behavior from academic grades following a unanimous vote by the school board Tuesday to overhaul the district's grading practices. The changes are partly to address racial and other disparities in current grading practices, officials said. District data has shown that Black, Hispanic, Native American, and Pacific Islander high High school students are significantly more likely to be given D and F grades. Black students have received D or F grades 20% of the time, and Hispanic students receive them 23% of the time, while white students receive them 7% of the time, and Asian students receive them 6% of the time, according to the data from the first semester of last school year. The district-wide average for D and F grades was 16%. Meanwhile, students with disability and English learners, once again, people who don't speak English, were given D's 
D and F grades 25% and 30% of the time, respectfully. Experts, teachers, and students have said that including non-academic factors into grades and not giving student second chances to learn or make progress can contribute to unfair disparity in grades. For example, a student may have struggles related to home or other responsibilities that impact their ability to turn and work on time or to learn content before a test. Common grading practices such as averaging a student's grade over time can disadvantage students who started the year behind grade level and can discredit the progress students have made, experts have said. With the new policy adopted Tuesday, academic grades will only be about showing progress towards, quote, mastery of standards, end quote, rather than rewarding students for completing a certain quantity of work, according to San Diego Unified's grading policy, which will be implemented over the next year and a half. This approach is called standard-based grading, which has been the norm for elementary schools in San Diego Unified for years, said Keisha Borden, president of the Teachers Union. The changes approved Tuesday will primarily impact middle and high school students. Students will no longer be docked in their academic grades for turning work in late or other factors related to work habits. Those aspects of students' behavior will be be judged in a separate citizenship grade. Rather than getting one chance to get a good grade, students will be given additional chances to revise their work and show improvement. Carl, go ahead. I got I see so much here. There's so much here. (laughs) Let me just say this. You said two words out of that last article that are what I call a play on words by whoever wrote that article or printed that article. It is a mind-manipulative word. It is a brainwashed word. As an older person, I see this, and I'm seeing it more often. One of the words that you said went into a sentence, and that word was given. And it was in reference to they will not be given a test score of and then you finished whatever came after that. You're not given a test score. You earn it, okay? There is no giving of a test score. There never has been. I went to private school. I went to private college. I have a private education. That's usually viewed as better. I don't necessarily know if that's true or not, but I was given nothing. So, The word right there makes people that read that article think that the minorities are given a certain score. That's not true. It's false. They earn it. Secondly, and so do Caucasians. They should earn it. They have in the past if the teacher follows through. Now they're changing that with these articles I see. The second word that you said there that jumped right out, it's another brainwashed word. It's another CIA operative word that they would use is that a student is rewarded with. That is false. You are not rewarded with. You are not given anything. You earn 
whatever grade that you get. At least this was how I was educated. This was how I was trained. This was how I was taught in institutions that if you studied and you retained your information and you showed discipline and you did the things that were necessary for you to get a good grade, you weren't given that good grade. You earned it. And it wasn't a reward that they gave to you. It was something that you earned that was important to you. The final thing I'm going to say about this is that anyone, anyone that believes that leadership of education. Now, I'm not talking about teachers. There are some teachers that truly want to teach education. And they truly want their students to learn. So on an individual system or scale in evaluating individual teachers. There are those teachers, and I know what I'm speaking to here because of very familiar relationships with teachers in my life, that a lot of them, Mr. William, I gotta be honest with you, they're older. They're older teachers. That are, they're teachers that have taught for many years, and they want their students to learn. But the leadership, and you say, how high is the leadership? As soon as the government of the United States took over education, as soon as they were responsible for the curriculum, as soon as they got involved, at that moment, no longer was learning a goal. It has not been, and it will never be. When government came into education and took that over and put their hands in that and began, especially at the universities of prestige, that would be your Harvards, your Yales, your Dartmouths, your Browns, all of these Ivy League schools especially, okay, when you are having these professors involved and you're having the government involved, education is not the teaching or learning of the students. It is indoctrination. It is social shaping of culture. Personal experience that I had with my own son at Ohio University with a class that literally was going to fail him because he would not use the pronouns in referring to a human being as it. He refused because he didn't want to disrespect humanity because he was raised by me and his mother, and he wasn't going to use a pronoun to identify a subject. That's not what pronouns are for. Do you, uh, people don't even know that in English, a subject can't be substituted with a pronoun. So to substitute identity of a human with a pronoun is not even acceptable on any level. But I know that there was no goal of that professor for my son to graduate intelligently. He was being socially indoctrinated, socially brainwashed into society. That is where education is now. That's my first thought okay, after first okay. hearing this. Okay, so let's start to look at life like chess. I love playing chess. I don't know if you play. Yes, um, I'm uh, familiar with the game of chess. So a lot of people don't realize, they, I, I think they think of chess as like a very elementary thing, like you play checkers, and, and it isn't. The whole th idea of playing chess is nothing but strategy. And even how the board is set up, there's pawns, there's rooks, there's knights. It is strategy in thinking of how you're going to outmaneuver your opponent. And even on the onset, 
you are thinking and forecasting two to three to four, five moves from the move you are about to make. And, and I know a lot of the problem I get into is because my brain works that way. Mm-hmm. So let's take a look at this. So there's a lot of Orwellian doublespeak in this. The first thing that popped in my mind is English learners. So we're talking about people who are here illegally. And listen, we, uh, by definition, are a nation of immigrants. So I'm all about that, but I'm all about doing it the proper way. But when they say English learners, you either don't know what that means or you just just gloss over it like, oh, there's a lot of deception going here. For me, as I read this article, the fact that they say that there are disparaging amounts of room between where minority students rank in regards to proficiency tests, and and basically all a proficiency test is saying, you will not be in this institution of education all of your life. There is the idea still that we need to equip these people for the real world. Depriving somebody of basic, I would say, since you brought about our educational system, you know, we, we have a, a Department of Education, which I, I think is horrendous. I think, you know, we, the government needs to stand on my body, my education, you know, so on and so forth. But nonetheless, it is absolutely insulting to me that a whatever be nationwide or be these isolated cases that they are removing standards from children for the basics of functioning in society, basic math, basic reading, things of this nature that you need to have a job you need in order to hell go grocery shopping. You have 20 bucks and you need to figure out how much food you can get with 20 bucks and you don't know basic math, you're doing a disservice. If you don't even know how to read the the groceries that you're trying to get because of some quote unquote perceived, some racial inequality, what I would say is that is also Orwellian double speak because the true racist ideology behind all this stuff, I believe is depriving these minority children their words, not mine, of actually getting an education, of actually equipping them to function at a high level in society. It's an absolute attack to give them independence. They are creating generations of children that are going to be dependent upon. Okay, you're exactly right. You can't function in society and contribute in society, then government views you as future dependent upon the government. They're intentionally creating a population that has to depend on them. So let's look at this in a more three-dimensional long-term point of view. We've already established that the blatant racism and injustice that's being perpetrated upon these young people is off the chart. But I believe in my heart, the average person reading these, oh, they're trying to do a good thing. We need to dispense with that. We need to realize that what is happening, whether these three examples, which Believe me, you start digging deeper into this, even here in Ohio, I have great friends who are educators, and they pretty much have told me separately that since COVID, the schools are telling them, just pass these kids. Yeah. Whether they're instituting a regulated level 
a proficiency that they need to meet in order to graduate or not. It's here or there. They're literally telling past these kids. And schools are being incentivized, like the first article said. And a lot of these schools, hey, if we get incentivized because we have a graduation rate of 13%, I don't know. And then the next year, because they eliminate standards, it jumps up to 25%. Every person involved in that school district is going to get incentivized. And whether that be raises or bonuses, or they begin to have a more quote-unquote prestigious career in that education that will lead to better opportunities for them, they're still doing it on the backs of these children. But thinking about this in a more long-term sense, and and I'm going to start really getting into what God spoke to my heart, is the fact that if you are not able, because you've not been instructed or you've not been taught, if you are not able to think for yourself, to govern for yourself, to manage life for yourself, like you said, Carl, you are going to be dependent upon, the. you can say the government, you can say other family members, society, whatever you want to say, you're going to be dependent upon others for your basic necessities. Now, in that being said, we are already in, in a place where I believe the world is on this downward spiral that I don't think we can course correct at this point. And I'm seeing that a generation plus of people are now being indoctrinated with ignorance so that they're going to be easily controlled and manipulated. Oh, absolutely. It's obvious. It's Well, it's not obvious, but it, it should be. I guess the lonely life to live is the life, as I said last week, where no one around you, even people that you love and like family and friends, sees what you see so plainly. That's painful right? when you see something like we're talking now. And others, as you just said, it's not so obvious to them or to the majority. Yeah. So I want us to touch on some more world events because to me this all ties into it, right? But I want to set some scriptural precedents. And and I see the look on your face. I didn't mean to blindside you. I can just tell like this is... Probably the it's good for me. Well, this is the I believe the opposite of probably what you're expecting, but I think a lot of people are expecting because I believe this is a very fundamental thing. If you do not have the educational basis to be able to, I would say, self govern or exercise the free will God's given you, you are a puppet being controlled potentially by an evil puppet master. And that's what we see shaping up in our society right now. And I really believe what God spoke to me and and, and through the course of conversations I've had with people this week who, and I'm going to even include myself in that, maybe even you, but people who, (laughs) through whatever series of events, whether they've discounted themselves, whether they've been stupid and made poor decisions, but people who genuinely have a call of God, I believe the time that we're in, this is what God spoke to me, is that we need to start stepping to the plate and educating people. The whole purpose of this podcast, the number one thing is to present information, to try to educate and elevate people's thinking so that you're not making a decision in your life based on what I've told you, but you're able to gather information and process that, pray through it, allow God to guide you in that. 
But let me get to some scriptures here. The first one, God really spoke this to me. Uh, this is from Romans chapter 12, verses 3 to 10. This, you, you're going to know this, uh, Carl, I'm sure. This is from the Amplified. It says, For the grace of God given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think more highly of yourself and of this importance and ability than he ought to think. But to think so as I have sound judgment, as God has apportioned to each of degree of faith and to purpose designed for service. For just as in one physical body we have many parts, and these parts do not all have the same function or special use. So we, who are many, are nevertheless just one body in Christ, and individually we are parts of one of another, mutually dependent on each other. Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us ought to use them accordingly. If someone has a gift of prophecy, let him speak a new message from God to his people. In proportion to his faith possessed in service and acts of serving, or he who teaches in the act of teaching, or he who encourages in the act of encouragement, or he who gives with generosity, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy in caring for others with cheerfulness. Love is to be sincere and active, the real thing without guile and hypocrisy. Hate what is evil, detest all ungodliness, do not tolerate wickedness, hold on tightly to what is good, be devoted to one another, with authentic brotherly affection as members of one family and give preference to one another in honor. So I'm going to just boil down, I believe the message in this is that as a body, as a group of people who I know care, who genuinely, I believe, want God's will in their life and in the life of others, we need to first acknowledge that, that that is a mandate and a gift from God. But we also have to realize that we all have different gifts, Right now, I believe this gift of teaching is what we're focusing on. And if that is your gift, we need to start instructing and teaching. And we need to realize that that actually is love. To say, to cut somebody a break because of something that they have no control over. So, for example, um, like I legitimately have a math learning disability. Like I have a diagnosis. Not only that, I'm legally blind. But I don't like to think I cut myself a lot of slack because that's just not how I am, but I don't think I really deserved anything. And I believe that there are instances where, like students with IEP, students who have a legitimate learning disability, they need special attention. I think across the board should be catered to, and in many regards it is. But to say to somebody, because of your heritage, because of your ethnicity, because of your this or because of that, we're going to dispensationally give you a break is not, I believe, the gospel. It's not holding a person to an account. and It's not challenging them to be the best version of them that God has created them to be. And all, also in that, it, it's the idea of unification as a body. We are not doing justice to one another in that regard. I think we really need to heed the idea that God has given us different gifts. And we're talking about the idea of teaching now, instructing. I really believe we need to start praying. And when we find opportunities to start speaking, teaching, prophesying, encouraging, giving, whatever these other gifts are in the people's lives. I think that's dead bullseye on an assessment of 
what is happening. And I would also add, I find it extremely offensive to the people that are classified into a category of being incapable because they have some kind of obstacle to overcome. I view that as, and I'm really shocked that whatever group of people are being lumped into a category don't understand how offensive and derogatory it is towards <laughs> them to say that you have an obstacle and because you have an obstacle to overcome, you're incapable. Because I will tell you this, it does not matter who you are or where you come from. We all have obstacles to overcome. They're different. Some are bigger. But there are always obstacles. And when you develop a mindset into a group of people or a person that you just made the decision for them that it's not fair to them because they're not capable of achieving something that other people are. And not even on an individual basis, uh, in a group. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm saying collectively it's yes. offensive and individually oh, if we just identify you know, with Sam Smith or Sally Sue, whoever we're talking about, whether it's plural or singular, it's offensive. And I will tell you this, you are right in your assessment because... I've learned this. If you were to speak to David when he was a teenager, you could have spoke to David and you could have spoke to the shepherd or you could have spoke to the king because he was one thing, but he was going to become another. He was going to grow from a shepherd boy to a king. And my position is this. You can speak to someone where they are, or you can speak to them, as you're talking about, with a teaching spirit and an educating spirit and a nurturing spirit and a godly spirit. And you can be speaking to the shepherd. And because of the way you speak to them, the king will come out. The king will mm -hmm. show up. So it is whoever you choose and however you choose to speak to someone. If you want to keep someone dumbed down, speak to them as the dummy. Create within them the mindset that says, I'm speaking to the dummy and you're not capable. I'm yep. speaking to the challenge and you're not capable. Right. If you want to create an overcomer, speak to the overcomer as an overcomer. And I guarantee you, you will begin to see changes in somebody. You will begin to see transformation in someone when everything they needed was inside them all along, but they never were spoken to as the conqueror. I think of Dr. Ben Carson as I'm listening to your sure. story. And I don't know if you know anything about his back. I know a lot about Ben Carson. So, yes. you know, and this is a guy who he and his brother grew up single mother. And if you don't know who Ben Carson is, he's, he is a world famous surgeon. He's a black guy, African-American. He ran for president in 2016, actually in the primary I voted for him. But, um, and, and he was, uh, I forgot which member, but he was on the, uh, in the Donald Trump's cabinet. And this guy, he had every opportunity to be discounted, but and to say, oh, you get a pass or, you know, you are automatically looked upon as this, which is racially profound. Um, so you don't have to meet this standard. But his mother, who was a God-fearing woman, took it upon herself to raise the standard where the school failed 
to educate her children. She took it upon herself to raise that level and educate them. And the amazing thing is she couldn't read. She couldn't write. She understood the value of education. She would make her kids do book reports, read books and do book reports. She couldn't read them, but she would grade them. The testing of our faith develops perseverance. Mm -hmm. I go back to this a lot. Perseverance develops character, and character develops hope. I want to get into a couple other verses here, because it's important that we set a scriptural foundation for the evil, dastardly plan that is coming against our future, however long that may be. Mm -hmm. Um, 2 Timothy 4, 2-3, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance with their own desires. So Paul's telling Timothy, it is your God-given mandate to teach, to exhort, to rebuke, to instruct, because there's coming a time when educators or when teachers will be risen up that have evil intentions. And I I believe we can start to see the precedence for that. Um, Let's look at Titus chapter 2, verses 7 to 8 um, says, Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works, and in your teaching show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned, so that an opponent may be put to shame, having nothing evil to say about us. So Titus is charging us in teaching. He is charging us to be a model of good works. Um, and the instruction there that whoever it is to educate it in that when the evil comes against you, they'll find no reproach. There, there's no charge they can level against you. And then Proverbs 22, verse 16, uh, train up a child in the way in which he should go, and in the end, he will not depart from it. And and there's so many verses that I could have gone with. Um, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, the beginning of knowledge. And one of my favorite verses from Hosea, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. And I just felt such a sense of, I don't, want, I don't want to say godly anger. I don't know if that is how I was feeling, but I just felt like, you know, I believe that children are our future. We need to teach them well and let them lead the way. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but that, that song was absolutely 100% not just a song. Right. And we're not doing that. But in conjunction with that, what we see is that the future is going to be manipulated even more, potentially, even more now than what it is because people are not being given the chance to develop the skills to just function on a regular day-to-day basis. I'm just looking at this you know, World War III on our doorstep here. I'm looking at the real threat of a global martial law lockdown, which I can expound on and get into if we need to. I'm, I'm looking at energy crises. I'm looking at food crises. I'm looking at the fact that there's a real chance we're not going to have an election next year, which our elections don't matter anyway. It's no. all it, it's all uh, uh, bread and circus. No. But the reality of it is, is that we're in a position now that there are, <laughs> there are storms gathering that I don't see any way that we're not going to go through well one of the things that i've learned in my short life is all the praying and all the fasting 
and all of the teaching will never stop prophecy from being fulfilled. That's sure. the one thing that I have come to the conclusion of in all of my learning and all of my living. It just boils down to the topic of apocalyptics and prophecy and end of times and everything that has been prophesied by men of God that is not fulfilled will be fulfilled and we will never ever stop it. Now, the question then becomes, can you delay it through prayer? Mm -hmm. I say no. Hmm. I say what you can do is recognize the approaching hour, recognize the approaching second, and wherein our ability within a time frame to make a difference isn't to stop it and it isn't to delay it because God has a time frame that no man will stop. God has a time frame that speaking of end day events in combination of him allowing the spirit of the antichrist and allowing the man of perdition himself being the actual antichrist and allowing these things to happen and to take place. The one thing that we do have control over Mr. William, and I do believe that things can change is what is going to happen within the time frame that we have. I do believe that that is up in the air. And what I mean by that is not war. It is not which country is going to line up with which country. We don't have control of that. We don't have control of many things that have to do with what has been spoken of. What we do have control over and what there is a gap where intervention can take place by the people of God is with the time that we do have left. Can we make this impact that you're talking about? That is within our capability. That is what we have control over. That is how you have so many times said so specifically and so accurately that God can do anything, but God refuses to do that which we are required to do. God has his part. We have our part. He won't do our part. We can't do his part. There you go. Yeah. So here we are. There needs to be an expediency within our mind and within our actions as Christians when we understand that the window of time that we have is rapidly closing. So if something is going to happen for the people that we love and the people that we know and those that are lost that we don't know, that is within our control. That is what we can stop. That is what we can Control. That is what we can initiate. That is what we can usher in. We have the authority in the spirit realm to usher in moves of God. That is our responsibility, as you just said. That is our opportunity, as I am saying. We will never stop prophecy. We will never delay it if God has already put that prophecy in motion for a time. But what we can do and what God literally looks upon the earth waiting, God looks and and God is no more ready right now than he was yesterday. And he's no more ready tomorrow than he was the day before for men and women of God to do and live what is required to bring in supernatural events to bring in miracles, to bring in 
the Holy Spirit convicting souls and saving souls, which a lot of unchurched people may not understand that the church world has developed this word for like revival, which is not just a day and time that we go to a church to have special services, but it is a supernatural divine move of God. It is people coming to a place of repentance. A lot of people in the Christian world will sit back and say that they're waiting on God to do this. We don't wait on God to do this. We actually create the atmosphere by doing what is in his word, which we have the control over, which yeah. is what you're talking about. You're bringing out the teaching, the edifying, the living a life that is blameless. That is not within God's control. That is our control. That is our participation. Uh, revival needs to be an outward manifestation of an inward groaning to see the manifest presence of God and everything that comes with it, like you're talking about. Mm -hmm. You can read guys like Leonard Ravenhill, uh, you know, A.W. Tozer, Smith Wigglesworth, you yeah. know, whomever. You can read their writings and you can understand that simply, simply all revival is, is an internal mm -hmm. hunger that is not being satisfied and the church of today I, I think is uh, needs also to be taught and educated that great revivals occur when we are sickened of the status quo and we begin to purify ourselves which is something that we need to do with God's help but we also need to start to have that expectation and inward groaning that we can no longer accept the status quo. And that just simply isn't happening. I believe that as you look at the things that we were just discussing and you look at everything else that's happening in the world, we can see there's a lot of connected sinew and tissue. Certainly, dumbed down masses helps to string along um, and, and gives speed to you know, these people who, just as we believe in the coming kingdom of Christ, these people celebrate and are trying to usher in the coming, their coming king's kingdom. Absolutely. You know, and, and, and we need to be conscious of that. My larger point being is that I believe as we are looking and, and once again, you go down this rabbit hole, you're going to find a lot of other examples uh, throughout America of, of the the, the verifiable dumbing down of our society, the Orwellian doublespeak to cover it up and make it sound better than what it is. But at the end of the day, we need to start to take it upon ourselves to harness the relationship with God, understand the gifts he's given us, and the mandate to start to exercise these gifts in, in teaching and in instructing and understand that this is all a part of what is happening on the earth right now. And they're setting this up as a disproportionate racist educational system, whereas the reality of it is, is that the evil, the heinous behavior and words of keeping children who are they're children, they're helpless in that regard to take advantage of them that it's literally kneecapping them um, for their entire existence is, is just dastardly. But Education, I'll say this and then I'll close because we definitely covered a lot of material yeah. in a short amount of time. The educational system itself has unfortunately been hijacked to the point that the medical industry has been hijacked. And it's oh, sad yeah. because when we're talking about pharmaceutical companies... 
which we've done so many times, but they choose profit over life. They choose profit over health. It's profit first at the expense of all. And so that's the motto that starts with all CEOs and all major companies that have to do with people that are so trusting of these companies to keep them alive and keep them healthy. And it's been hijacked. And now what we have, and it's so sad because you're right. When we're talking education in that beginning at kindergarten, you're talking about the most innocent and naive among us. And that's that's what's so appalling about that. We're not. Yeah, talking it pisses about, me off. Yeah, it, I mean, I'm not going to miss. No, words. I see that, and and it should. It's righteous indignation. And when we're talking about the healthcare system being hijacked for profit at the expense of life, in a lot of cases, we are talking about people that, by choices that they made, have developed lifestyles that have created sugar diabetes, diseases, heart problems because of choices they made and they're adults and they're being taken advantage of and that's bad enough Mm -hmm. but when you're talking about a canvas which would be life that is untainted it is undeveloped there's nothing on it yet and you now have the education system and the leaders that are willing for profit, like you said, to just lower all standards so that the system itself can benefit and profit, you now have a system that is hijacked for profit over education, over teaching. And everything you said is so true. That is one of the most despicable, harmful things to do to a young mind is to teach them that they're not capable because of their color that they're not capable because of an obstacle. You are shaping within a five-year-old that they're always gonna be less than, that they're always gonna have to be treated and catered to differently because they're not worthy enough, because they're not capable enough. And to me, that's inexcusable. It should be punishable with severe punishment to be in charge of a mind that is not shaped, that relies trustingly and innocently to go to these places, to be trained, to do something great, and to be something great. And the first day they get there, and the first time that they're talked to, they're looked at because of the color of their skin or the language that they speak or whatever, and told you're less than. And to me, I view that as a form of slavery within itself. I view that as despicable. Sure. It's the I'm same. sorry, but it pisses me off. No, it, it, it like, rightfully so. I want to just kick the living poop yeah. out of somebody that does that. <laughs> yeah, that was the last episode to use that word. Um, <laughs> I'm done using that word. Well, I mean, it, it, you're right. The, the medical system has incentivized through the government. Doctors and and it's the same thing with the educational system. the The money comes from our taxpaying dollars right. that is distributed from the government. When they see they make these standards that aren't standards, and when people exceed those standards because there is no accountability, it's the same thing that we see. And the bottom line is, if if you're not pissed off hearing this, especially if you have a kid, the bottom line is this: if you have children, do what you need to do to make sure they are educated. Mm -hmm. If you know children, 
make sure you are being like the scripture said a example uh, and you are educating them you're teaching them and we have a generation of people who i believe have a calling from god who from whatever reason whether they're too radical or they don't look a certain way or the the culture of the church does not allow for their gifts or their unique perspective in god we need to just say you know what the time for that is done we are being lorded by evil masters on this planet. And my theology is a little different. I believe that, like Lot, we can petition God and he can stave off judgment if he chooses. Because mm-hmm. he's God. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah. But the larger point being is that I, do, I agree that we are on this downward spiral. And it, things are already there, there's events that are going to occur that we can't stop under the best of circumstances. The dominoes have already started to fall. What we need to do is redeem the time. I do agree with what you said with that. We need to redeem the time. If you have a gift and a calling from God, and I'm sorry, if the church that you're at, if you go to church, isn't recognizing it, you are not beholden to a man or a denomination or a theological governing system that you can't say, well, God, I didn't do this because whatever. I I believe that now that that calling is being beckoned on and we need to start to exercise that. Uh, And and that was the bottom line that it should be the people of God who are taking it upon themselves to say, you know what, this is being neglected. This is being manipulated for heinous purposes as children of light, as children of the most high God. Where can we step in and what difference can we make? And, and, and that's the bottom line. That I believe that's the hour that we're in. And if the church that you're going to isn't instructing and encouraging and developing and utilizing the giftings that you have, I would really encourage you to find a church that will. Uh, and, and that, that preaches the gospel, that, that equips the saints. Um, I'll just leave it there. Let me just pray this out as we've been going too long. And Carl's right. There's a lot of heavy stuff in this. But, Lord, I just thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for showing this stuff to me. And I pray that everybody that's hearing this, that you're going to speak to them. You're going to convict them. That, Holy Spirit, you're going to refine them. You're going to develop a new fiery spirit within them. And you're going to begin to position them to network with people, to launch them out, that we can begin the the process of changing this world with the time that we have left, that more and more people can become disciples of Christ. They can become lovers of Christ. And I ask right now that you just awaken people, that, that people within the governmental system or with the school systems, that you begin to convict them. And that if you don't know them, Lord, that you would just go after them uh, until they can't bear it anymore and help change their ways. I just pray for a protection over the children. I ask right now that you would just guard their hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, that you speak to them, you educate them. You put people in their lives that will protect them and nurture them and lead them into all truths and all knowledge, God, because it is for your people do perish for a lack of knowledge. And I just pray that wisdom and knowledge that it costs all all that we may have, we will get wisdom, that we will get knowledge. And I just thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So everybody, please share this. At least think and mull this over. And and this isn't like status quo stuff. This is like (laughs) the fact that they can release children with no education out into the world. If that doesn't hurt your heart, like you need to check your pulse. But um, make sure you share. 
We're anywhere you can listen to podcasts. We're, uh, you can find us under Flawcast CLE. We're on Apple, Google Play, Spotify, Breaker, Anchor.fm. We're on the video platform Rumble under Flawed Inc. You can find us on the Project Mockingbird social media, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Getter, and Gab, all under Flawed Inc. There is a link below to get a copy of my book, Smith's Heart of Man Repair Manual. Uh, pick that up. Uh, our email is flawedinccle at gmail.com. Uh, send us an email if you have any questions, comments, or concerns. Um, and until next time, uh, tune in, same bat channel, same bat time. Yeah.